0: listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, and welcome back to Part 2 with J.D. Coy. J.D., welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Rick. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here and talking about your career and your music, and I want to get into this new album of yours, Testament. I really love this album. There's a lot here to listen for. Let's talk about John Platania for a second. Sure. He's co-written a lot of the songs on this album, isn't that right? That's right. Uh, I've done
1: four full
0: albums with John,
1: and so scattered about, usually I write my own material, but scattered about I co-wrote a couple of songs with him. And then when I decided to do this record because we're very close, John and I and Gary were all very close, I decided I'd just write the entire record with him. So I would write the song and get with him and he would co-write it and mold it and arrange it the way we thought it would work. So this entire record is co-written with John.
0: And what's it like to write songs with John? Oh, it's great. Uh,
1: He's a terrific player, obviously. Great guitar player. It's got his musical theory down pretty good obviously yeah and so he's an easy guy to get along with which is key and in today's day and age what we would do is I'd write the material maybe send it to him in advance meet him at the clubhouse we'd sit at the kitchen table get over the niceties first and then get right to it uh, write the song record it on our phones send it out to Gary he chart it up and we'd record it. That's really the process.
0: Did you guys have your own responsibilities? I mean, did you handle most of the lyrics and John handled most of the music or, or was it distributed pretty evenly?
1: I usually handle all of the lyrics. If I get jammed up on a word or two, John would help me out with that. I know the song Bondage, uh, he handled some of the lyrics on that one. He also handled all the music on Bondage. Usually I handle most of that and I would always give him the intros and the bridges. I'm one of these guys that can lament on a bridge. Uh, Years and years ago, Gary would teach me about writing a bridge to break the tension of the song. And so I would spend an inordinate amount of time with that. I'd pass that on to John, and it worked a lot better.
0: I always considered the bridge of a song, the subconscious of the song. Whenever I approach writing a bridge, I approach it as though... You're revealing something that hadn't been revealed yet. You're kind of opening up the subconscious of the song. I mean, that that's just my own personal thing that I have when I write. But I love bridges, you know. Speaking of bridges, the Beatles have so many great bridges in their songs. I don't know how they did it. I just love the bridges in their tunes. And I'm sure you're a Beatles fan. Who's not a Beatles fan, right?
1: Oh, sure. I love the Beatles, love their song. How could you not, especially when you want to write your own material? Their catalog is incredible in such a short period of time
0: something like 78 top 10 singles or something like that, and 27 number ones. And it's just unbelievable what they did and what they still continue to do with their music. I mean, I know young people today, still know them, you know, very, very well. You don't hear the expression Fab Four too much anymore. I ask kids, young kids these days, do you, you know who the Fab Four are? And nobody seems to know. <laughs> they know the Beatles, They know, but they don't know yeah. the Fab Four. And they may not be able to name them all. I don't really know. But time marches on. Back to John Platania for a second, though. The song Operator, the opening track on the new album, John plays this killer riff. I mean, it's classic John Platania. This, this opening riff. Were you there when he wrote that? Oh, yeah. He
1: wrote that at the kitchen table at the clubhouse. All his riffs are really good, and we just preserve them on the phone, and then uh, he'll dig them back up for the session, and that's what happened with Operator. Operator's only a couple of takes. We never do a lot of takes.
0: Yeah, you were saying that. Well, it sounds like a million bucks. Uh, Again, it sounds like you worked for months on this album. Even the post-production sounds like it went very quickly. And, you know, Gary's very adept at writing these horn parts. Uh, it's It's a pretty hip record. One of the aspects of the album I like the most is these gospel singers, these great girl singers that you have on a lot of the tunes. Who are
1: these girls? The girls we have now is Janaya uh, and Audrey. They're friends with John Platania. I think they've done some work with John, and they've done some work with Chip Taylor, who John works with often. I think that's the backdrop for them. I've always used gospel singers, and the gospel singers I had in the past had become unavailable, so John had found... Uh, Janai and audrey and we've used them for the last several records and i and i do think in the past that we did use uh michonne taylor who you referenced in the first session yeah she's married to danny lewis she sang for us as well i like horns and i like backup singers so i always try to get a good set
0: yeah the record is very soulful it's it's got all those accoutrements on it and i I just love it i love the sound of it i love uh, sanctified soul that song uh In particular, caught my attention. That's the name of it, right? Sanctified Soul. Can we play that? Sure, that'd be great. Thanks. I'd love to hear that. Rusty, let it roll, man. that's a great tune it reminds me of the band a little bit i mean i'm wondering if Levon had a musical influence on you because when i hear that song it makes me think of the band particularly that song ophelia one of my favorite band songs it's certainly not ripping that song off or anything like that i'm not saying that it's got its own thing but it's got that kind of it crawls along like like a band song do you know what i'm saying well
1: sure in our subconscious i'm I'm a big band fan, listened to all their material, growing up listening to Bob Dylan and the band, you know, spun planet waves until you couldn't spin it anymore. And so we're all influenced by the band. And he was actually a really good guitar player too. And he taught me a few things on the guitar, which I think also segued into my songwriting because he was the one that told me to stop playing the guitar and start using the piano. So I learned to play the piano because he told me to. And I write my songs on a Wurlitzer in my kitchen because it's easier for me to hear the notes on a piano than it is on a guitar. So his influence has been vast for me.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So you write a lot of these songs on piano? I write them all on piano. I don't play the guitar at all anymore. I wonder if that is what helps to give them this gospel feel. It seems like more of a, a gospel instrument piano than guitar. Not necessarily, but it, to my ears it might be a little bit.
1: Well, it certainly is for us. I, I play a lot of B3. I write these songs on a Wurlitzer. And then Testament was also written in what I call the gospel keys. I spent time writing in keys I normally don't sing in, F, B-flat, G, things of that nature. And so we went right down that path, too, Not only did we go down a subject path most people don't pay attention to, but we also put it in keys that I normally never perform in.
0: I know you don't consider your material Christian music, per se. You mentioned Satan uh, quite a few times on the album, I noticed, and I'm wondering if this is some form of spiritual warfare through music, so to speak.
1: Well, it, it could very well be. I think the origin of Testament is pretty straight up. Back in the late 70s, maybe 1980, I don't really know the years, but I had gone to see Bob Dylan when he was on the Save Tour. It was either in Albany or Toronto or both. And there weren't a lot of people there, and the folks that were there were dismissing his material. And that was when he had cut Shot of Love Saved and sort of self him back on the map with Slow Train Coming. So I always thought what a bold move it was uh, in in terms of song context, if you will, because he was coming out of Blood on the Tracks and Desire. So here I am 30 or 40 years later, and I decided to write an album that maybe most people wouldn't pay attention to because of the subject matter and maybe think it's a Christian record. But we're hoping in 20 or 30 years someone will study Testament the way that i studied those records from bob
0: dylan i hope so too waiting for you that's a very dylan-esque sound to that song wouldn't you say
1: oh absolutely
0: that's the one that really caught my attention like wow this guy likes bob dylan i, I can start to see the influence and then sick of me that's another song that that song i like too it's got that classical guitar in it that's a song with the classical guitar right it's, it's a right. really beautiful uh, classical guitar piece is that you playing it who plays
1: uh, that? that? That tune is called "Love Sick." Love Sick. And uh, I play the piano, and John plays a nylon string guitar.
0: Boy, is that beautiful!
1: And we recorded that. That's the first take. We did two takes of that song, and that's the first live take. So we put it right on the album. That's the first take of that song. Yeah, the first take. There's only two. know. Uh, oh, the man. original take again was done on a Wurlitzer in my kitchen, and I sent that to uh, John and Gary over the airways and then that is a Steinway in a nylon string. Uh, and Gary was sit or John was sitting as close to me as you are to me now.
0: Wow. And you just sat and did it. Just straight on like that.
1: Yeah, the notion for that is Van Morrison's uh, I want to be your lover off Easter. I'll be player. your lo- I'll be your lover too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great tune that John plays on there. And
1: so I always wanted to try something like that. So I wrote Love Sick on the piano and uh, played it for John. He was all in and we opted for that just the two of us no bass no drums
0: I'd love to hear it can we listen to that sure that'd be great let's play it
2: dance with a stranger I thought of you colored radio playing Some kind of blue thought I heard you sigh. Made me wonder why. Was it true love or a lie? See your silhouette in the frame. Tears crash to the floor. You gave more. I gave less price to pay. I guess. The ghost won't go away. I know how you feel, I'm okay, have God as my shield, sick of love, wanted a whole man, are blowing flags at half staff. We were thieves in the night, sanding and hour with glad. all things pass time will tell. Say fairly well, sick of love.
0: You know, J.D., you have a very unique vocal style. I'll call it uh, a flattened affect to your voice. and Now, that certainly doesn't mean you sing flat. A flattened affect, I mean that as a matter-of-fact style of singing, kind of like Dylan has or Randy Newman or Neil Young or some of these guys that sometimes you sound like each of them as well as yourself. Is that something you can put on and then turn off, or is that just the way you sing?
1: That's just the way I do it. I think lyrics are important, so I think they should be... Uh, discerned and understood. I've heard a lot of good rock and roll songs as we all have, but you're not exactly sure what was being said. That concept always escaped me. So for me, because I was always uh, cognizant of what I deemed to be lack of vocal prowess, if you will, I'm no Otis Redding or Van Morrison. So I try to write a good song with good lyrics to sort of pass the audition, if you will. And so I pay attention to the method in which I sing. It takes a little bit of time to learn how to do it. And for this album, uh, I literally go into training before I make an album. I'll work on it every day singing for a couple of hours, maybe for two or three months before I go into the studio. And for Testament, it was in totally different keys than I've ever worked in before. So if you compare that material to, say, pretend no more, it should be a little different. And I try to do that every time, too, because I don't get to the studio that much.
0: To sell an album these days, for example, Testament, promote it, to get it out there, get people to hear it. How do you do that? Is this strictly an online thing, or do you have to go out in some fashion and play live with a band and try to drum up some attention, drum drum up some interest in the material? Unfortunately,
1: I would not answer that, Rick, because I don't have a website, we don't play live, I don't have a music library that people can purchase. I know some of my material might be for sale on Woodstock Records, because I had cut a record with the Chromatics years ago. But in terms of being able to receive a copy of Testament, I wouldn't be able to tell your listener how to do it. Uh, We cut very few copies, and we give them to close friends and musicians. Most of my fans are musicians. Uh, Gary has asked me to set up some type of website or marketing platform where people can purchase Testament. And I suppose if it continues to get the reviews I'm getting from my fellow musicians will indeed do that. So We'll have to report back to you and you can tell your listeners later how to obtain it.
0: I would love to do that. I want to help promote it because I think it's a really good album and I'll tell you what I got my copy right sitting right here. So It's not going anywhere. I have mine so I'm happy about that. Thank you for for giving me this copy. Sure. While we're at it we might as well play something off it. We've been doing that all day but we'll just keep doing it. You know one of them that really is powerful to me, I've listened to it several times You end the album this way, it's Walk With Thee. That's, what, chapter 1, verse 5, something like that?
1: Well, that's John 1 5. I didn't write that. Joel Joel Diamond and Gary Burke wrote that one, but Walk With Thee I did write with John.
0: So what's the difference uh, between what you wrote and what Gary wrote? The the last song has incredible religious spirituality to it. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Joel plays a terrific piano part, organ part. Audrey sings on that. It sort of caps off the entire record that's a song that you would hear in church for sure walk with thee precedes it and and that stems from a chapter in the bible
0: you know before we play it because i'd love to play that i just want to talk about gary a little bit more with you he's made five albums or something you keep coming back to gary as a producer i imagine there are other opportunities that you have to work with other people why Gary why is this such a good fit and what does he bring to the table for your music that keeps you coming back well, he, he brings it all um, he's the first
1: real true believer uh, we would never hire anyone else and we always laugh amongst ourselves because we wouldn't get anything done per se you know we could, as musicians can quickly get off the boil if you will <laughs> but Gary has a certain command we respect him and when he tells us to get something done we get it done so It's really true that what you're hearing, if you like it, we would never be able to do without him.
0: When the big beat speaks, people listen. That's basically how it works. Well, that's exactly right. He commands a certain
1: degree of respect. He earns it. He writes the horn parts. He does the charts. He books the sessions. He calls the band members. He'll tell me, uh, yes, we're going to do that or no, we're not going to do that. And we don't take umbrage or offense to it. If I write a bridge or if I use a chord or if I have a lyric that he doesn't dig, it comes out and there's no debate, but no one's offended by it, because in the end, he produces a really fine
0: record for us. He certainly does, and, uh, and that's my experience working with Gary, too. He's a hard-working guy, always in the studio, before the artist, stays after the artist, works at home, constantly coming up with these parts, and he, he's a dedicated man, a talented man.
1: He runs all the horn parts, and his charts are incredible. Then he'll handle all the post-production, He'll handle the mixing and then he'll call me and say come on by and listen to it to see if i approve of it and it's usually really good and doesn't require much input from me Uh, he has our blessing he has our trust and the other musicians feel the same way about him whether it's graham who's worked with him for years in the joe jackson band or whether it's joel who apparently goes way back with him to session work in new york in the early days everybody feels the same way about gary you can't do any better at least in my opinion i've had opportunities to work with a lot of other musicians but i don't bother because uh, he's a known commodity, and he treats me like a brother. He's the best.
0: He was even helpful in putting this show together, helping me put this show together, by sending me more material that I can listen to and talking to me a little bit about your music and producing it and things like that. So, I mean, that was enormously helpful and just nice of him to do. And speaking of, we're going to play one last song and then unfortunately our time has ebbed away yet again as all fun podcasts do. We'll get back to you in a second but we're going to listen to this song right now. This is Walk with Thee off his new album Testament.
2: die betrayed accused, committed no crime marched the road to calvary blood-filled eyes could barely see crushed by the weight beaten down all the pain Can't hear a sound. Woman wipes his brow, moves so bold. She knows his story will be told. I'll be by your side. Be by your side. His faces, always well hidden, continues to fall. Forgiveness is given. Some laugh, some jeer. They were non-believers, gave up his life, he's the redeemer, naked and stripped, almost dead his flesh stained cherry red as the nail was driven through forgive them they know now what they do
0: wish you the best with this album. I know I'm going to play my copy. In the meantime, really appreciate you being here and talking about your career. It's been nice talking with you and thanks for being here.
1: Well, thanks so much, Rick Z. I really appreciate it. Much obliged.
0: Anytime. You're listening to The Rick Z Show. I'm your host, Rick Z, produced and engineered every week by Rusty Johnson. Click subscribe and don't forget to come back next week where I'll have another talented Hudson Valley musician sitting here and we'll see you then.